You're listening to the podcast of Rain City Church. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you guys all had a good one. How many of you guys are still in full-blown food hangover from Thursday? Yeah, I see a few of those hands. I get that. I, I feel like that, too. I have avoided the scale. Thank you. Uh, I've avoided the scale the last several days because um, I like to live in a fantasy land. So um, there's, a, there's a couple ways that you can see things. When you look at something, there's always at least two ways, at least two ways to look at things. Uh, I remember doing this when I was a, um, in grade school and seeing a few of these and just having my mind blown. So some of you have probably seen many of these before, but let's just walk through a couple of these today and uh, tell me what you see. What do you see here? Yeah, so there's a vase in the middle, but if you look at the black, you see that there's two profiles, right? Two faces. How about this? What do you see here? Yeah, do you see seven columns or do you see six men? Right? Okay. How about this one? What is that? A turducken. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> do you see a duck or do you see a rabbit? Yeah? Right? Okay, how about this one? This took me a minute to see. A seal. So I, didn't, I couldn't see the seal. All I saw was a donkey. You see the donkey? Yeah, okay. How about this one? Yeah, there's a lot going on. That's either two of the scariest old people you've ever seen, or uh, you can see inside there's a guy playing two young people, one, one playing the guitar, one holding like maybe a basket on their head or something, okay? And here, here's one that uh, will forever, this is going to change your life, guys. What is this? Is this the Chicago Bulls logo, upside down? Or, go with me on this, is this a robot reading the Bible. Yeah, right? Changed my life. Oh my gosh. I will never look at that again in the same way. Thank you, Lord, for robots and Bibles. There's two ways to see everything, at least two ways. And we are starting a new spiritual discipline, a new spiritual practice uh, today. Uh, we, we just got through um, the practice of enlightening with, with Bible study and going through the book of Acts, which I hope that you enjoyed as much as we did. It was so fun to be able to, as an entire church from first grade up, to be able to walk through that book together, have some really great conversations, and, uh, and just be able to let the Word of God speak to us in new and fresh ways that, uh, that really mean something for us right now. Today, we're, we're launching into a brand new uh, spiritual practice, the practice of responding. Responding is the practice of worship and gratitude. So for December and January, we'll be walking through that together. And as you walk down the hall, you probably saw 
there were six signs for spiritual practices. That's what we do. We do for two months. Uh, we focus on a specific spiritual practice together as an entire community from youth all the way through adults, uh, or for, excuse me, from kids all the way through adults. And it's something that we're trying to make, build into a practice together. So for example, you know, that now that we've, we've stopped with the Bible study part, it doesn't mean, well, don't, don't read the Bible anymore. It means let's keep that as part of our regular practice, but also now let's include the focus of really focusing on responding through worship and gratitude. And um, we'll be doing this church-wide, and we're launching it today, going through January, as I said. And what it really is is exactly that. It's, it's about a response because I think when we come to the idea of worship and gratitude or thankful get, thankfulness, thanksgiving, what we're just coming out of that, you know, in this holiday season, I think it's easy for us to just kind of put it into a seasonal practice or just something that has basically become a learned behavior. But how do we move from gratitude being something that is like us having good manners? Where we go, I mean, like if you if you if you ever hung out in church for a while, you know that the prayer is. I do it all the time. It's just habit. You go, dear Lord, thank you for fill in the blank, and then you kind of go on. And it doesn't mean you're not thankful. It just means that you know that's a learned behavior. That's what we've done. We've learned good manners. But that's not true gratitude from a deep place. That's not a responding gratitude. That's a learned behavior gratitude. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. But I can't make you, I can't force you to be more grateful. God can't force you to be more grateful. That is something that we have to learn how to see the world differently so that then from a heart place, we come from a place of responding in gratitude. It's not a learned behavior, but it's something that because we have opened our eyes to see the world differently, we can respond in gratitude. This is a heart matter. This isn't a manners matter. This isn't even a mind matter. This is a heart matter. And so I want to uh, today look at um, a very famous passage uh, that Jesus taught uh, from So he's right in the middle of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which is widely considered the greatest sermon ever preached. And he's right in the middle of this. And I realized um, this week as I was prepping this message, I have spoken on this uh, specific passage, I think five or six times, and I've never given the same message twice. And then I feel like I'm just starting to scratch the surface of what Jesus was saying. I think there's just so much depth to uh, what Jesus is offering us, and that the more that we really try to dig in and apply it to our lives, the more we get out of it. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, pick it up in verse 28. Um, if you didn't already download the app, I would encourage you to do that because we're going to be doing some interactive things with the app today. So hop off the school Wi-Fi uh, because they block stuff uh, for because of hackers or whatever. So um, Go, go to, uh, and then go to whatever store you use for whatever uh, phone you have, and just search up Rain City Church. It's a free app on there, and then you can find it. But in the message notes there, uh, you just go to the resources page at the bottom, and then it just says message notes. Click on that, and you can, you can follow right along there. Uh, the, the message, uh, the 
Scripture is there too. It'll be up here on the screens as well. Jesus says this, Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They do not work or weave or sew, and yet their garments are stunning. Even King Solomon, dressed in his most regal garb, was not as lovely as these lilies. And think about grassy fields. The grasses are how? Uh, the grasses are here now, but they will be dead by winter, and yet God adorns them so gra- uh, radiantly. How much more will he clothe you, you of little faith, you who have no trust? So do not consume yourself with questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be given to you too. So do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. I think that Jesus is trying to point us to just how important it is that our hearts stay in a good posture because it will change everything. It completely changes the outlook of our lives. So we could live with an entitled heart or a humble heart. That is the battle I think that many of us are constantly fighting. An entitled heart versus a humble heart. He's talking about the the lilies, right? He's talking about the flowers in the field that are so beautiful, that are so incredible. You know, we've got the the lily fields up in, where is that? Is it Marysville? Tulips. It's tulips, it's not lilies, and it's not Marysville. (laughs) There are flowers that come from the north. Let's go with that. But you go up, and what do you do? You take all these pictures. You know, you know when it's that season because it's just all the people there, and they're like all crouched, you know, and then they're holding their kids who are screaming or looking very unhappy, and they're taking pictures in the beautiful fields. They're incredible. It's incredible to see. But he's saying even King Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, dressed in his most royal garb, didn't look as good as those flowers did. I think that we have to recognize that there is so much in our life that is a gift. In fact, everything in our life is a gift. And yet it's hard for us to recognize that because we think, well, I, I earned this. I deserve this. I worked for this. So when I say thank you, like let me give you an example. There's two different ways that I've said thank you in my life that are wildly different. Um, when my wife and I, we've been married, uh, actually next year, next summer, we'll be married 20 years amazing. And um, we, uh, when, when we were first getting, uh, go, you know, go, getting married, uh, we moved from Los Angeles where we were living. We met at school down there. And then we moved for the summer for a few months up to McMinnville, Oregon, uh, which is about an hour-ish outside of Portland, uh, where my wife is from. And so I lived in kind of the, in the basement of her parents' house there, and I worked for her dad uh, for a couple of months to make to save up some money before we got married, and then we moved back down to Los Angeles. Well, her dad is, uh, he owns a timber company. Her dad is a logger. Now, you probably can gather this, even if you don't know me, just look at me right now. 
Does anything about this say logger? I am about the most, like, I, I was so lost in all of that, but it was the only job I could find when I was up there, and I was like, well, you know, it's a guaranteed paycheck. At least I can, you know, I can try it. And so I went out, and that was the hardest work I've ever done in my life. It was a bit like um, boot camp, uh, especially for me, because I was the future son-in-law of the boss, which made me super popular with the guys. They really liked me. Um, not only that, but I was from California. Uh, loggers don't like people from California. Fun fact. And so, in fact, they gave me uh, a nickname uh, very early on, and I can't even say the nickname here because it's vulgar. But I will give you the first letter of the nickname. Uh, it was Effin California. That is what they called me, Effin California. Like literally to the point where after a week of just the brutal physicality of all of that, when they would say that, I'd be like, yep, what, oh, now? Okay, Effin California, yes, sir, that's me. You know, like you're just so beat down. And then, it became, that was a, that's a long nickname, and so then they just made it shortened, and so they just called me the F word. And so they would, which I didn't know half the time if they were upset or if they were calling me. So half the time, I'd be like, yep, oh no, okay, sorry, my bad. I'd see a doctor, that does not look good, you know? It was, it was awful. I couldn't, I could barely stand, I was sore in places, I didn't even know you had muscles, I mean, it was terrible. And I remember, after that first two-week period, I drove into the office, and I went to pick up my physical paycheck. And I remember that my thought was, thank you. That's how I said thank you. You know why? Because I earned every cent of that paycheck, right? Like, I'll take that. Thank you. That was me feeling entitled because I worked so hard. You should be thanking me, right? But I'm still going to say thank you because that's the nice thing to do but I'm going to say it in a way to make you realize just how hard I've worked. Now, let me uh, compare that, let me contrast that to um, eight and a half or so years ago when we were starting this church, we were about two weeks out from our very first preview service. And we, uh, our very first service was at Bellevue College. Uh, it was, actually, was anybody there at that service? Yeah, one person, that's... That's pretty much our track record, guys. Um, and so we were so close to starting, and we had no money. I mean, my wife and I stepped out on faith, and we had just so we had a small group of people that were banding together, and let's start this thing. But we, we didn't have enough money to actually buy the things you needed to start a church. And so it was coming down to it. It was two weeks before, and we were just praying, God, help us figure out what to do, like in the kids' rooms and how to provide you know, safe places for the kids and in the classrooms and things like that. I went to the P.O. box, I opened it up, and there was an anonymous check from a foundation for $50,000. And I began to weep. And I went and I told the team and I said, go buy toys for the kids. Like it was, you know, like I was Scrooge on Christmas Day, you know, and like, 
And I just remember weeping and just saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I didn't do anything to deserve that. What an incredible gift, what a blessing that was to receive that. There's a big difference between feeling entitled to something and to having the humility to recognize that everything in life is a gift. An incredible quote from uh, a man named uh, Henry Nowen, passed away a few years ago, wonderful theologian and Christian example. He said this, the discipline of gratitude is the explicit effort to acknowledge that all I am and have is given to me as a gift of love, a gift to be celebrated with joy. So gratitude must begin in a posture of humility, a place of recognizing that God has given us these things as a gift, not because we deserved it, but because it was born of his great love for us. Do you feel entitled to God's blessing in your life? Do you recognize that even the air you breathe is a gift from God? Or have we just grown so used to it, we become entitled to it? Jesus goes on and he's helping us recognize that anxiety is a huge enemy to a grateful heart. An anxious heart versus an overflowing heart. That this is another battle that we have to fight daily to recognize. Jesus says, don't consume yourself with the questions, what we eat, what we drink, what we wear. Outsiders make themselves frantic over these, these questions. They don't realize that your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. Not only that God knows exactly what we need, but God has more than enough to go around. You see, so many of us live in a place of scarcity that we believe there isn't enough to go around. That we need to take care of ourselves first and then maybe we'll think of others later. Scarcity, the the root word of scarcity is scared. We are scared. We are afraid. It is causing anxiety because we don't think there is enough. Turns out there's plenty. Uh, one of my favorite stories to tell about this is, is when um, the kids were much younger, uh, and it was before we had adopted Harper from Ethiopia, and um, our boys, Liam and Finn, they were like probably four and two or something like that, five and two maybe. And um, we were at Cannon Beach for a summer vacation um, and building sandcastles. And so anybody been to Cannon Beach during the summer? It was beautiful. So we had the kids in their winter coats, and they were on the beach. And we're sitting there making... (laughs) I'm from California. It was a very difficult transition coming to the beach up here. (laughs) Um, And so we were sitting there on the beach, and, and, you know, they they had taken... um, They'd they'd gotten buckets and and filled it up from the ocean, and then we walked a safe distance away, and they sat down, and they were making sandcastles. And Liam was taking just little tiny bits of the water out of the bucket and trying to shape the sand. And Finn uh, was trying to do the same thing, but he just got so frustrated, he took the bucket and he dumped the whole thing out and he began to do that. And Liam was livid. And both of them are looking at me with their back to the ocean. And then Liam goes, Dad, Finn just wasted all the water. We're out of water now. I'm like, buddy, it's okay. Turn around. (laughs) Look, literally, an ocean is behind you. Like, you couldn't ever get enough buckets full to empty the ocean. 
And that is exactly how we live so much of our lives. And I think probably a lot of that's on a subconscious level for us. We think, oh, there was just this bucket. And I know God was like, well, you should take the first percentage. You should give that away. I'm not giving that away. There's only a little bit in here. What's going to be left for me? And God is constantly saying, turn around. Look at the ocean. Jesus says here, your father, your heavenly father knows exactly what you need and he's got more than enough to provide. But we just sit there and argue and go, no, I only see a bucket. I need this just in case this happens. You know what? I need, I want this. I need this. If I can take care of me, this is going to be me. Okay, and then maybe eventually. This is where so much of our anxiety is born out of. But when we move to gratitude, gratitude melts away fear to reveal the abundance. You see, the mind of God is an abundance mindset, not a scarcity mindset. It is a more than enough mindset. It doesn't mean he'll always give you way more than you need, but he'll always give you what you need because God knows what you need. Do you struggle with a scarcity mindset? Do you struggle with the anxiety of feeling like there's never going to be enough, so I need to take care of me first? Have you ever prayed and paused in those moments to recognize it, first of all, and then to ask God to open your eyes to see the world in a different way, to see the abundance that is all around us? And then finally, I think that God is pointing us to the battle in our heart of, is it a me-first heart or a God-first heart? Because I know for me, I'm the best at being me-first. That is like, I'm really good. I could teach courses on that. Very good. That is my knee-jerk response to be me-first. But Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then... All of these other things will be added to you. But when are the things added to you? After you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Because a grateful heart begins with God's kingdom in mind. Is that your first thought? Well, probably not. Nor is it mine. But to recognize that that's where you're coming from initially And then to switch that up and to change it and to recognize I'm going after me first. I want to stop that. I want to go after God first mentality because then all of these things will be added to me out of God's incredible abundance. There's a couple of incredible people at our church that probably many of you know. Um, Mike Weir, is he's actually the chairman of our elder board. And he's a chiropractor. He's uh, just, he's a great friend. He's a great doctor. He's um, he's about the most joy-filled guy that I know. And Mike struggles with rheumatoid arthritis. Pretty severe. Uh, in fact, some days uh, it, it just hurts him to even walk or to move around. And I have to ask him, how are you doing? How is that going? Are you in pain? You know, And then he'll say, yeah, you know, it's a tough day today. But the incredible thing about Mike is that, that I've noticed is a characteristic I've noticed about somebody else here, too. Uh, there's, there's a woman that goes to our church. Her name is Gloria. Gloria Dady. Gloria has MS. She's in a, um, in a wheelchair. 
And she is a beautiful, wonderful person. And both Mike and Gloria, I think, have every reason to, to talk about how stuff sucks. How hard their lives are. But they don't. Here's the thing that I've noticed that is a characteristic about both of them is they say this. Man, God is good, you know? And then they'll go on and they'll say something. Or like, isn't it great that we have another day, another opportunity? What a blessing that fill in the blank. They put God's kingdom first. Especially when they're talking. Because I would imagine if they didn't, it would be a really depressing existence, right? We know. Many of us do the same thing. We start with how much everything sucks. Oh, it was a rough morning. Starbucks got my order wrong. And then I got to work and the Wi-Fi was slow. Just pray for me, would you please? I'm going to make it. When you start with God, with God and his kingdom first, it changes things. I want to be more like Mike and Gloria. I know all of you do, too. One thing that you should do, hang out with Mike and Gloria more. Find people like that in your life. Be with those people. Now, I want to say, too, these people are not Pollyanna-type people where you just ignore the bad. And I don't think that's at all what Jesus would, would recommend. He's saying begin with God's kingdom. It doesn't mean that they don't talk about the challenges in their life. It doesn't mean that there isn't also mourning that is happening. Because mourning is not just something that you are. Mourning has a place within all of who you are. Right? So that you can still be in a place of gratitude and recognize the brokenness around you. You can still be in a place of thankfulness and still weep for those that are lost. You can still be in a place of gratitude and be sad. But we have to make the decision to begin with God's kingdom first. So how do we do this? How do we actually put this into practice? How do we practice gratitude? Well, it's uh, first, I, I would just you know, kind of restate the question is simply this. Where are you operating from a place of? Are you operating from a heart that feels entitled? That, you know what, I did this. Look at me, God. I'm a good boy. I'm a good girl. I, look what I, now bless me. I deserve it. Thank you. Are you anxious? Do you feel like there's never going to be enough? I don't know what's going to happen next. Think of all the terrible things I could have. We need to build a bunker, Right? We need to get one of those toilets that you can poop in for four years without it stinking underground. Because I don't know what's going to happen with the Russians. Okay? Are you self-serving? Do you put yourself first in line and then later on your way out, you see the people in the back and you're like, oh yeah, maybe I should also. Or you go from a place of humility recognizing that everything in our life is a blessing. You recognize that God is an ocean of blessing just waiting to continue to bless us that we, just because we have a one bucket doesn't mean there's not an ocean behind us. You put God first in your life. 
Or do you just put you first? And then maybe if there's time later, you'll do a God first thing. Just like those pictures that we started with, there's, you have to learn how to see things in a different way. And it's not just going to be something that because you heard this one message, oh, now I see, oh, okay. This has got to be a practice. And so I want to invite every single person here to, um, to come along with us for the next 60 days. We're just doing just called 60 Days of Gratitude. And what that is is just every single day we are going to make a practice or a habit out of changing the way that we look at things. How are we going to change how we see this, even the most miserable of circumstances, to recognize that we are so blessed and there is still so much to be grateful for? So the way that we're going to do that is through our app. So if you don't have the app and you want to follow along, um, oh, nice. I just saw Matt in the back is, is texting me. He said, it's called Skagit Valley Tulips. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> If you can, don't ever open your phone during message. Um, for me, for you, it's fine. So you go to, um, you've got to turn on your notifications. So within the notifications, just make sure if you're on the app and you're on your message notes, there's pictures there to show you how to do it. But make sure the general notifications are on because every day you will receive a question, a prompt, a reminder, a quote. Um, all kinds of different things, uh, a meditation, a prayer for 60 days that will hopefully interrupt you. Don't turn it off and don't ignore it. Allow it to interrupt the moment that it finds you so that you can take a moment to be grateful, to change the way that you're looking at things and recognize, ah, Maybe there is a good and loving God. Maybe there is so much more than just my life. Maybe there is abundance out there instead of this age of anxiety. Maybe it's time to take a break from the news for a little bit and to focus on the good news that Jesus gives us, that there is a good and loving Father who knows exactly what you need and can't wait to give it to you. Make sure your, your notifications are on, uh, just so you know the kids are doing this with us too. In fact, today, um, they are learning about how to serve their community, and so first graders are writing thank you cards to firefighters. Uh, second and third grade are doing the same for police officers. Fourth and fifth graders are making homeless care packages. So this is something that we're going to be doing uh, through all ages. Um, so make sure that uh, if you have kids, that that's a conversation that you're having uh, consistently, especially when maybe those notifications come through. If you're with some of your family or friends, strike up a conversation about it. Start a, uh, a gratitude jar uh, at night when you sit down and you eat, whether you're by yourself or with friends or with family or whatever, but there's just an opportunity to take a jar, uh, have some, some kind of jar there, just take post-it notes and then give everybody a post-it note, write down something you're grateful for, and then fold it up and put it in the jar. And then after the 60 days, then take 60 days of opening one of those things per day afterwards and just say, oh, here was a day that we were thankful that we could all be together. Here was a day that we were all thankful that we could put gas in the car. Here was a day that we were thankful that we got quality time together. That way, it's, it's just an opportunity for us to be blessed over and over, to recognize how grateful we can be. Thank somebody. 
This is such a simple thing, but again, not be, don't, don't do it because you have good manners. I'm sick of Christians with good manners. Like, we don't need to be known for our good manners. We need to be known for our open and grateful hearts, right? Don't just go up and take some thank you. Thank you very much. Ask somebody how they're doing. Thank them. Go home today and, 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 and text or, or write or call a teacher or a mentor or somebody who's meant something to you, a pastor. Tell them, you know. I, I got to do that over the summer, and it was almost just sort of like a oh, off-the-cuff thing. Oh, you know, I should let those people know that they really helped me through a really tough time at this. And I told them, and they were just weeping as we talked. I thought, oh, I didn't realize it meant, you know, like people don't thank people. We just assume somebody else will take care of it. Somebody else will thank them. Begin to see the world in a different way. Recognize God's blessings all around you. That even as we sit in a warm building in not super comfortable chairs, this is God's blessing. God is doing this out of his abundance of love for us. Give. Give out of an overflowing heart, recognizing that there is more than enough to go around. I, I'm always astounded by uh, doing ministry in such an affluent area um, that we are just constricted so much by greed. There are so many of us who make plenty of money that we could share, and yet we don't, and we come up with all the reasons why. And yet we don't come up with any reasons why we shouldn't keep it, right? We have all the reasons why we should put ourselves first and all the reasons why we shouldn't give it away. But when you begin to look at the world differently, you give from an overflowing heart. As Robbie mentioned uh, earlier, we, we started a Rainmakers year-end campaign. Our goal is $125,000, and uh, that's the overall goal to go here, near, and far. And that first $50,000 will go to uh, our friends at All God's Children International and to water projects with Charity Water and Water for Good. And this, is a, um, this year is actually uh, special because both All God's Children International and uh, Charity Water have people within their organizations that are willing to match up to $500,000. So for this year, that $50,000 will become $100,000 if it comes in before the end of the year. So I would encourage you to give and to give big. $25,000 of that goes to Rainmakers projects. That's what happens locally. Uh, that's that we can help um, provide for people uh, in our church, in our community, um, things that you don't normally hear about. And let me explain to you real quick why. Uh, because I don't love, I've been to these places before, uh, churches or nonprofits or whatever, where they get somebody up and they say, oh, well, I was in such an awful, you know, terrible spot. And, you know, but this, this organization, this church, whatever, came along and gave me this, that, and the other. And then we all go, oh, this is so great. But those people feel so embarrassed we might feel good about ourselves, but now we've othered those people into, oh, is isn't so great that we helped, how pathetic they were, but look what we did, and isn't that so wonderful? I refuse to do that. We have refused since the beginning of this church to make, and you know, to like kind of prop those people up and walk them by. And so we will get thank yous occasionally, and so I've just gone through and just sort of edited these so it's very 
um, confidential, you know, it's, it's anonymous, but your church recently gifted my husband a gift card. There is no adequate, adequate way for us to thank you for this momentous, selfless act of love, kindness, and generosity. This is a couple, uh, a family that's a friend of a family here. They don't go to church. I don't even know if they believe in God. Uh, we were and remain in awe of uh, name of the the family here, and your gesture. It has helped us to forgive, forget, and focus on the beauty we have. Their bunch of stuff was stolen from their house versus what was stolen from us, which is just stuff. We will be forever grateful for the healing. Another one. We hear about Rainmakers uh, grants and projects. We often think about all the wonderful generosity towards the water projects and orphan care, but Rain City quietly and humbly helps families right here in Bellevue. When life and finances got rough, a Rainmakers grant helped keep the lights on for my family. Through Rainmakers and continued prayers from the Rain City community, we were able to recover. We now give generously so we can help our neighbors right here in our local communities. I applied for a Rainmakers grant when my husband became hospitalized from a growth in his lung from a complicated case of pneumonia. We had just moved to Washington and were in between jobs. We had no health insurance and were faced with being unable to pay for our rent and the hospital bill. We were overwhelmed and terrified and turned to Rain City for help. With open arms, RCC was able to pay for our hospital bill. Without their help, I would genuinely have no, genuinely have no idea what we would have done. I'm so grateful for this church family and what they stand for. Last one. Uh, this one was, uh, they, they said they would love for us to use their name, be happy for that. Um, Ryan Leslie was um, paralyzed uh, from about chest down a few years ago. It was an unexpected and horrible accident. Rain City is a very loving and generous church. When funding from the state for a wheelchair van for Ryan fell through, a Rainmakers grant helped us with the first payment on the van. This van has given our family independence and has greatly reduced the stress level and comes, that comes with living with Ryan's spinal cord injury. Outside family, we are so grateful for, or sorry, outside of this grant, Rain City has proven to be especially supportive in many ways to our family. We are so grateful for all the meals, help with watching our kids and yard landscaping. Thank you all so much for surrounding our family with endless prayers these past 18 months. So 50,000 will go, uh, or 25 to the Rainmakers Projects, and then the additional, uh, the final 50 will go to the ongoing ministry of this church right here. Uh, And that helps us with unexpected costs. Uh, if you look at our budget, it looks a bit like a roller coaster. Uh, it's not always just a flat budget, so this helps in times when uh, there are low months that we can kind of help, uh, you know, fill in. But more importantly, it helps us look into the future to see where we feel God is calling us to and how to do that. There's five ways to give on the app. You can see that there. Um, you can give uh, just you know, through the app or through the website if you want. Um, you can give stocks and securities if that's a thing that, uh, that you know would be a helpful way that you know that you can give. There's instructions right there to do. Corporate matching, like Robbie talked about. If you work at any of those companies that use Benevity, please use the corporate matching. It's just free money that they will give to double your gift. Um, Amazon gives back. Just, you know, if you're buying Christmas presents through Amazon, just use smile.amazon and then just find Rain City on there or just send a good old-fashioned check. If you're a millennial, catch me afterwards. I'll tell you what that is. Um, And if you want the 2019 tax deduction, just make sure that those gifts are in before the end of the year, just like Jesus would want you to. So... (laughs) 
Somebody told me the other day, what happens if they take away the tax exemption? Do you think people will stop giving? I said, I don't, I don't know, but that wasn't around when Jesus was here. So <laughs> I want to do something real quick. I, I, before we go, I, I just want you to put, put your phones away, put your stuff away. Just would you put your hands on your lap and just put them palm up? Close your eyes. Now, I want you to just take three long, slow, deep breaths in and out. Keep your eyes closed and just think about the air that is invisible surrounds us everywhere we go. The oxygen that is available to us free of charge. The oxygen you breathe is vital to your existence. Without it, you would literally cease to exist. It's the same for every single person who who lives or who has ever lived on this planet. God gives it to us every single day. Whether we recognize it or not, what a gift it is to breathe oxygen. Why don't we pause for a moment and why don't you just quietly thank God for the gift of breath. As we breathe, we recognize that every day on this earth is a gift from God. Not something we did anything to deserve, but simply a gift. It's another chance to experience His presence here in His great creation. It's another chance to invite His Holy Spirit to mold our hearts and our souls and our minds to look more and more like Jesus every day. It's another chance to enjoy this day, the day that we have now, to the fullest. We also recognize, though, that each day is another day that brings us closer to heaven. Another day that brings us closer to a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. Another day that brings us closer to this glorious gift none of us deserve and none of us earn, but that Jesus has given us so freely called heaven. A place where we will stand and be greeted by family and friends who have gone before us, by Jesus himself. Take a moment to think about those faces. yourself back here into this auditorium in Rain City and just be present for a moment and just pray this prayer that this would be your prayer 
for at least the next week, which is just this. Lord, help me to see the quiet miracles that seek no attention. Change the way I see, Lord. Help me to see the quiet miracles all around me that seek no attention. Like the breath that fills my lungs with life. Let me pray this blessing over you before we go. Blessed be the gifts you never notice, your health, eyes to behold the world, thoughts to countenance the unknown, memory to harvest vanished days, your heart to feel the world's waves, your breath to breathe the nourishment of distance made intimate by earth. As our prayer, God, Open our eyes to see the quiet miracles that seek no attention in our everyday life. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information and resources, go to raincitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.